You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen. This is a postcast edition for BYU. For the first time in 2021, we talk about a loss for the Cougars as they fall 26-17, dropping their first game of the year to the Boise State Broncos. Almost assuredly, the Cougars will drop in the polls. We're going to dig into this, what happened, and we'll also get your guys' takeaways on this special edition of the podcast. Without further ado, let's get this postcast rolling right now. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. And what a tough gut punch loss if you're a BYU fan. 26-17 the final at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU drops to 5-1 on the season. And folks, I don't know how to explain this other than one word. Turnovers. That is what did BYU in this game. And I don't mean to make light of any situation with regards to this this game for BYU, but they had the stats that you would think would win them a football game outside of one glaring issue, and that is the turnover margin. BYU loses the turnover margin 4 nothing, or in other parlance, minus 4. They give three fumbles away, uh, Tyler Algier fumbling once, Lopini Katoa dropping the ball on the turf twice, and then a late interception from Jaron Hall to seal the loss for the Cougars. Outside of that, the number's really, really straightforward. BYU matches Boise State in first downs overall with 24 apiece. BYU rushes for 111 yards. That's a little bit of an anomaly considering BYU had been very good running the ball all year long. And Boise State was absolutely atrocious. Boise State could not run the ball, but they had 140 yards rushing coming into the game. They had averaged 70. So they really, I think, dominated two very key areas that I thought BYU would be able to dominate. And Boise State proved to be the better team there. BYU is a team. 302 yards passing, that coming via Jaron Hall, returning after a two-game absence to make the start. Hank Bachmeyer, 172 yards. BYU outgained Boise State by more than 100 yards, but when you give the ball away four times, and they convert, I believe, 17 points off of those four turnovers, you're going to be hard-pressed to win any football game. I'd be hard-pressed to find one that you overcome that and win the game, and BYU had their chances late. Many of you will recall they got that within a touchdown. It was a six-point game. They needed the defense to get one stop. And what does Boise do? They put together their best drive of the second half, really their only drive of the second half, go right down the field, get stalled out in the red zone, kick the field goal, go up by nine, and that proves to be the final margin. 26-17, the loss for the Cougars. Number 10 in the country, maybe in some people's eyes a little overrated, but I'm not going to lie. The turnover thing really is what this game hinged on. BYU got beat doing what they had done all year to other teams. Think about it. BYU had not turned the ball over. They had two total turnovers in five games going into this contest. BYU had forced 11, if I'm not mistaken, so they were plus nine in the turnover margin. They just had not turned the ball over. They'd taken care of it, and then they go out in in one game and lose four turnovers. 
Yeah, you're not going to win football games. Plain and simple, you are not going to win football games when you turn the ball over that many times. I don't mean to make this sport that simple, but sometimes it really can be that simple. And I know that sounds like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but that's how things went down for the Cougars in this game. Now, BYU has to refocus. Plain and simple, they cannot allow this hangover to carry into a matchup with 5-1 and one Baylor. These are two 5-1 and one teams, speaking of the Bears and the Cougars, squaring off in Waco next Saturday. Will Jaron Hall start again? I would assume so if he played in this game, and it seemed like he was no worse for the wear coming out of this one. I expect he gets the start again next week. Will BYU be refocused? Will they be re-energized? Because it seemed times, and I don't want to harp too badly on these young men, there was some lackadaisical play in this game. I felt like early on, BYU came into this matchup thinking, okay, Boise State's beat up, we're the better team, we're ranked 10th in the country, and we're going to go out there and dominate this game. And what did Boise do in just kind of the classic David versus Goliath scenario? They come out and sling a stone or punch, throw a punch that has the bully, in this case, Goliath or BYU on its heels and suddenly everything's going the Broncos way. It's what happens, folks. Sometimes you get punched in the mouth and you have no response and BYU, they tried to respond, never could ultimately find the answer. And another thing, one other point here I want to pass along is before I get to your guys' takeaways is the BYU, they had not trailed in 2020. They barely trailed in 20, they hadn't trailed in 2021. They barely trailed, it felt like, for most of 2020. This is a team that has been a front runner for a long time, folks, for the better part of a year and a half. Can they be a team that can battle back from some adversity? That's something we have yet to learn about this team in 2021. Their first face with adversity, really, this game, and they did not respond well. They turned the ball over. They could not get over the hump. They could not get off the field on defense. A glaring issue still is BYU's inability to force a team off the field on third down. I don't care the down and distance for BYU. It could be third and 18. It could be third and one, third and an inch. And you know, as well as I do, that you're fretting the chance that BYU is going to give up that first down conversion. It is a glaring issue for BYU right now. Their inability to get off the field on defense. The coaches can say it's time to rally to the football. We need to not allow them to make the play. We need to have one guy make the play. Well, guess what? The one guy has not made the play for the better part of two games now, and it got you in this game. The offense did not do their part. The defense, I don't want to say that they could not get off the field because they held Boise State to 26 points. This defense, in terms of overall performance, holding teams down in terms of the points uh, allowed, they did their job. So... Offense, probably going to wear this one because four turnovers, you give them short fields, it's tough for any defense to stop an opposing offense from scoring on a short field. You just made their job that much easier when you give the ball to them on the 24-yard line. You give it just, you're giving them, you're gift-wrapping points to the opposing team. BYU's defense in the second half held Boise State down, hoping that the offense would finally get untracked. And for a little bit there, it seemed like BYU did. But when it all came down to it, they were within six points. They needed one stop on defense. They could not get off the field. So, yes, is the vast majority of the blame, in my opinion, to lie with the offense? Absolutely. Four turnovers, unacceptable. And Kalani Sitake, as well as guys like Jaron Hall in the postgame press conference, they acknowledge that. But also, 
The defense, they needed one stop, and in the most critical moment when they needed it, they could not get off the field, and it's a bit of a glaring issue. It's something the defense needs to correct. Can it be corrected? Absolutely. But you have a very, very quick turnaround now. You have to make the road trip. You have to go to Waco. You have back-to-back road games upcoming against Power 5 opponents, and you can guarantee both of those teams are going to look at this film from Boise State and say, you know what? Let's take a similar game plan and go at it. And You're going against two guys who also know who you are in Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos next week down there at Baylor. So a lot of questions still to be answered for BYU, and we'll see if they can find an answer going into this matchup with Baylor. All right, coming up in just a moment, though, it is your guys' time to sound off, and boy, howdy, do we have a lot of responses. We'll dig into those here in just a moment. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet online. Of course, it's football season. NFL season is in full swing as well as the college football season. And by the way, the college football season is nuts. Alabama loses yesterday. Penn State loses to Iowa. Texas goes down after leading by 21. I'm not sure what to make of this college football season, but if you know what to make of it, well, you can put the money where your mouth is and do it with our friends at Bet Online. They are the number one source for all of your college football and pro football needs this season. The best part is right now when you make your first deposit at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Yes, 50% of whatever you deposit added in as free money to play with. It's all courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. And even if football is not your jam, you're a basketball, baseball, soccer, golf, whatever fan you are, even a Vegas casino game fan, well, Bet Online's got it all for you guys. So get to their website now, betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus and check it out, guys. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, friends, it is your time to shine here on this postcast edition of Locked On Cougars. What did you take away from the loss for BYU? And there going to be some good comments here. So let's get going here. Benjamin at Benjamin underscore fours. I think that's how you pronounce it, Benjamin. Correct me if I'm wrong. We didn't show up. Well, BYU did struggle. They, Like I mentioned, they seemed lackadaisical at points in this game. It just did not seem uh, right. All didn't seem like all was right with this team. And Jaron Hall, I got to give him credit, by the way. One note I want to make about that, he's not 100%. It's very clear. And his running ability has been severely impacted, whether that's a conscious decision by him, him being coached by the coaching staff not to run as much in this game. I don't know what it is, but his inability to really get out in a punish opposing teams with his running ability it hurt BYU in this game David Stott at DSTOT 50 run the football well BYU's offensive line when they needed to run the ball seemed like at times Boise State beat them and this is a Boise State team as I mentioned going into this matchup who was beat up on both their offensive and defensive lines Sometimes the gritty underdog, like I said, lands a punch that stuns you and you don't recover from it. It seemed like that happened to BYU. Parker Wettstein at Parker Wettstein. BYU lost the same way they won their first five games. You're not wrong, Parker. It very much seemed like a reverse image of what BYU had done previously in losing this contest. And it's a disappointment. I completely understand any BYU fan being disappointed with this loss. Alex Long says offense looks discombobulated at times. The defense made some solid adjustments in the second half. I would agree there. But turnovers, 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 turnovers. Four turnovers. He listed turnovers four times. It's really, you look at the stats. BYU did well enough to win this game, but turnovers, penalties, shooting themselves in the foot overall, did them in. 
plain and simple. Thanks, Alex, for summing that up. Landon Sorensen at Shell, 5792. Turnovers were the killer. Boise had 17 points off turnovers if you include the fourth down and uh, turnover on downs. You can get six turnovers if you count those as turnovers. BYU, man, it, it hurts. I completely understand anybody being hurt on this. BYU burner at BYU burner one. Tur- takeaways killed us. That's my takeaway. Good point. Blair Red, similar sentiment. Minus four on turnovers will get you beat every single time. I would agree with that. 406 Cougar at 406 Cougar. Too sloppy to win a game. Boise isn't a bad team, but you cannot give them the ball three times via fumbles. Still love the Cougs. Still a lot of football left. And that is one thing we probably need to acknowledge here, folks. BYU's 5-1. And, and let's be honest. If you were given the choice before the season, your Cougars would be 5-1 and one halfway through the season. Would you take it? And absolutely you take it. I do know that the circumstances are different now. No doubt about that. But we can all keep Keep that in mind as we get ready for next week in Waco. Chris Murphy at C. Murphy Pro says, self-inflicted, not prepared. Uh, Okay, not prepared seems a little strong. Ugly loss. Felt like 2019. All right, Chris. Well, there were some elements here that BYU did played outside of what they had done through the first five games this year. I completely agree on that point, but... Man, just a disappointing outcome. Sam Emery at Sam Emery 89. Plenty of takeaways for Boise State. Just saying. Well, yeah, that's a good point. And BYU's running backs running fast and loose with that football. And obviously it gets punched out. You got to give Boise State some credit because they forced the turnovers and they capitalized on them. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the other team. And I know that's hard to do when you're a fan, but... It's just kind of how this game goes sometimes. It's an oblong ball. It's shaped weird and it bounces weird. Boise State had two fumbles of their own. They recovered both of them. So just kind of how things go. Uh, Benjamin Draper at Draper 311. You went worse. You went versus the 127th ranked team rushing the ball, and they outrush you on the road during a game that it rains. So you should be rushing the ball. You have some major problems. Okay, I don't necessarily understand the the context of that, but I also understand what you're saying, though, at the same time, hopefully, Benjamin. You should be running the ball, and you should have... Oh, excuse me, I think I get it. You should have been running the football. You have some major problems. BYU, only 111 yards rushing. That is a concern, but those turnovers, man, when you fumble the ball, coaches are going to lose faith in the run game real quick. Just ask the University of Utah before their win over USC. Medford Coog at HD Bragg, 83. Line of scrimmage, can't make stops. Poor play calling on both sides. Hall needs to be able to run the ball to be a threat. That's my point earlier. He does need to be able to run the ball to be a threat did not take advantage of the matchups oh and we just can't play in the rain well the the rain was not helpful to BYU there's no doubt about that so I don't know it's just weird um Tricky T our good friend Tricky Tanner embarrassing that is all hashtag go Cougs all right Tricky T well it was embarrassing considering BYU's offense they had been pretty good all year long at taking care of the football and you give the ball away four times and lose a game and, and like I said the defense if you were to go into most games and tell your, tell your offense, we're going to hold them to 26 points, the offense is going to say, yeah, that's enough. We can win this football game with you guys doing that. Well, what do they do? They don't take care of the football. They only score 17 points despite 413 total yards. Embarrassing seems to stand up there. I, I actually get, get what you're saying there, Tricky T. A couple other thoughts here before we take our next time out. We'll get to the other thoughts here in a moment. Interesting one here from Daddio underscore seven. Romney should be the starting quarterback. Inexcusable play calling by Roderick. Katoa should not see the field again. BYU is embarrassingly, embarrassingly manhandled on both sides of the line. A pers- 
a pathetic display all the way around, coaches and players. Okay, Daddy Seven, I'm gonna just I'm gonna say one thing. You're reacting in the moment, I, I, and I trust me. I'm recording this podcast almost 11 o'clock at night. That game got over what 5:30. I sat back, really thought about things, and just wanted to kind of let things settle before I turned on the mic, and also I was watching a lot of other college football taking place, but I get what you're saying. I think that you'd probably have a different opinion at this point versus what you tweeted right after the game. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe you still feel that way. I'm just going to give you that little bit of an out. Uh, one final thought here. Ryan Robert Brian Bramwell at Brammerhammer23, by the way. Brammerhammer23. That is a great Twitter handle, by the way, Robert. Shreveport, Louisiana. Here we come. We could be 6-0 and or 1-5 and from here on out. We're going to the Independence Bowl either way. What a great season. Cough, sarcasm, cough. Well, the Independence Bowl is where BYU's contracted to go before this game. And yes, losing a game does take the luster off what might have been for BYU. But if this season continues, speaking of college football as a whole, and BYU were to go 11-1, and I'm not going to say something's completely out of the realm of possibility for a bigger bowl game. But yes, I understand that Shreveport, Louisiana is where you're planning on going at this point because it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that BYU's going to beat Idaho State, get to six wins, and be bowl eligible. So your point is taken there, Robert. All right, we'll get to more of your thoughts here in just a moment as we wrap up this postcast edition of Locked On Cougars. Real quick before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has nine base flavors that are always available, but it seems like every week they have a new limited time flavor that comes available. It was the cookie dough chunk recently. They've also had ones like uh, the, what do they call it? The banana cream puff. They had a strawberry puff one go live just this past week. The best part about Built Bars, All of them, every single flavor that I have had, I have enjoyed. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. And more importantly, they're healthy for you guys. 17 to 18 grams of protein packed into each of these bars, just 130 to 180 calories per bar, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. They're incredibly healthy, but also incredibly delicious. They taste as close to a candy bar for a protein bar, for my money, that I have ever had. So get out to Built.com and order your protein bars now from Built Bar. You can save 15%, by the way, by using the promo code LOCKED15 while you're there. And more importantly, I know it's tough to support the Cougars, but many of you are diehards through thick and thin. You're also supporting BYU football and their football players via name, image, and likeness agreements when you buy from Built Bar. So once again, get to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys, once we wrap up here, to get over to listen to Locked On Big 12 to get caught up on everything going on in BYU's new conference. And that's going to be a topic here in this final stanza of today's show because some of you are going to point this out, that BYU, be nice to be in the Big 12 and quote-unquote have something to play for. We'll talk about that here momentarily. But more of your comments now. Turd Ferguson weighing in. Uh, good name. It's fur with a bunch of numbers and turd on the end. But uh, poor execution and some puzzling coaching today. BYU is never going unbeaten. Well, they were 5-0, and so I get that. They played to their competition too much, and when you turn the ball over, lesser teams who are still good will beat you. I The, the turnover thing, it levels the playing field for teams like Boise State, who had struggled to a 2-3 and three record so far this year, and I would venture to say that Boise State is probably better than a 2-3 and three team, but they are who their record is. Let's be, let's be real about that. You can just look at that. But when you turn the ball over four times and the other team takes care of the ball, you're going to be hard-pressed to win that game. Uh, Tyson Davies... Uh, 
Tyson Davis, excuse me, at Lil Davis underscore. You simply can't be minus four in turnovers and win games. So where are we going bowling? Idaho, Hawaii, Las Vegas. Well, Tyson, to answer your question, Shreveport, Louisiana, and the Independence Bowl is where BYU is contracted to go to answer your question. Eric Anderson, BYU's O-line owned it up front. Too many key penalties and turnovers. Why not kick a field goal on fourth down in the red zone? I think Kalani Satake felt like he was being aggressive and wanted to take advantage of that, but in hindsight, probably would have rather have kicked the field goal, honestly, because you get those points there, and obviously it made the math in the final part of the game maybe a little bit easier for BYU, but you never quite know at that point in the game how things are going to pan out. So I also understand why they did what they did tried to be aggressive, tried to get six, and had they done so, it's a completely different feeling about this game, potentially. It's, it, there's a point to be made there, but the biggest thing, BYU's defensive line, they got beat. They got their butts kicked by Boise State's revamped offensive line. Let me remind you guys, Boise State was starting a third-string center. Yes, third-string center. Credit to Boise State. They punched BYU in the mouth. I'm going to go back to that term time and time again today because it's what it felt like. Rob Crossland at Crossland Rocks is just weird that BYU didn't show up for this one. So many uncharacteristic mistakes. I don't think Jaron should have played. Just didn't look right. Jaron is not 100%. It was very evident in that game. He didn't have his fastball. I know I'm using a baseball term there, but you could see him when he reared back. It seemed like even when he was trying to fire balls in, like it seemed like early in the season where he would absolutely gun it in there, he did just did not have the same velocity on the football, but the coaches, and let me let me be clear about this, in talking with some people during this game and just before, when the news came out that Jaron was going to start, I was as stunned as anybody that he was going to play because I had been hearing all week, but the word on the street is, and this is talking with people around the program, is that Jaron woke up today finally feeling normal, feeling like he could play. I said this previously on the podcast that at some point, Jaron Hall was going to be like, okay, you know what? I'm good to go. BYU's coaching staff let him warm up, saw how he looked, and said, you know what? We're going to let him have a go at it. He passed for 300 yards. Those turnovers, man, this is going to be a podcast. Some of you might be like, I could have listened to the first five minutes and heard everything I need to hear. Probably could have. You probably could have, but I thank you guys for sticking with us. But... (laughs) There's ifs and buts and candy and nuts. We'd all have a Merry Christmas. We all get that. And maybe Jaron shouldn't have played, but he's a competitor. He wanted to be in this game. He's wanted to play since the second he got injured the first time. And they finally cleared him to go. And I thought he played pretty well overall, just not his full self. And I'm not blaming this one on Jaron Hall. I'm blaming this on the turnovers. Was that decision to throw that last interception a bad one? Yes. And that might have been the, really the, the, frankly, just kind of the microcosm of this game. Just a baffling decision in a time of need and be BYU shoots themselves in the foot. It's just kind of how this game went for BYU. Jake Summers, a longtime listener, Summers underscore 1280. Turnovers and some questionable offensive decisions and an unfortunate loss for sure. I thought BYU would respond like last year's game at Houston, but sadly that was not the case. On to Baylor. Good point. Uh, I think that is something that you just got to focus on. You cannot allow this loss to linger over. If you want to have BYU fans really up in arms, you lose two games in a row after a 5-0 start. That's what's going to get BYU fans goat. Uh, Wild Turkey Fart Blunt, our good friend VWAG23, give Katoa's carries to McChesney. Well, when you turn the ball over twice, you fumble it twice, you are going to lose 
all faith in you as a running back. And Lopini Katoa is going to have to earn back that trust. Tyler Algier, he's going to be the guy against Baylor. It sure seems like he's been the guy all year long. But a guy like Jackson McChesney, he's got to be thinking, okay, give me my shot. I'm not going to turn the ball over. And only the time will tell if he can prove that. But if you're Lopini Katoa, you got to prove yourself once again. Uh, Jeff C. Cowley says, can't play like they did and expect to win, plain and simple. I would agree with you on that. When you turn the ball over, it's just... You can't play sloppy. BYU played sloppy. That's probably the term I want to, I'm going to use for this as we get close to rounding things out. When you play sloppy, you can't win games. And that's what BYU was. It was a sloppy field, some sloppy weather at times, and BYU played sloppy overall. And as such, they're 5-1. and one. Matt at men, M. Staples 5. Turnovers suck. Hall is at 100%. Hopefully this lights the fire for us to win at Baylor. You want to get BYU fans back on the bandwagon, so to say? Yeah, go to Baylor. Get to 6-1 and one and beat another 5-1 and one team. That'll make you feel real good. Uh, it starts with D. Three fumbles, one pick. BYU is overrated. Okay, well, that's your opinion. I think BYU actually kicked butt for the first five games of this year and actually had really proven themselves considering they beat Utah, they beat Arizona State, they beat Arizona. They beat some pretty dang good teams so far this year. Okay, Arizona's probably a little bit of a stretch, but you, you, get my, you get my drift. All right, Tyson Davis once again here. What were the odds that we'd run the table two years in a row? We didn't run the table last year, let's be clear. We were bound to lose at some point. It just sucks. It's to an unranked rival, so there is no chance the suits will get us to a New Year's Six Bowl even if we win out. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna say never. Say I'm. I'm gonna say never. Say never. There, Tyson. But BYU would have to have a lot of chaos around them if they did want to make it to New Year's Six bowl game at this point. All right, ravishing Rob Rude at Rig Conculus. We still don't have the elite level athletes on defense. If we trusted our secondary, we could stop the run. Ben Don't Brank will win some games, but it's not championship football. There's a point to be made there. BYU has run a lot of man coverage this year in that secondary, and they've had their moments where they've gotten burned, but they've also won a lot. Let's be clear about that. Jeff Henor, when I want, when I don't watch the game live, we lose. Sorry, team. Hashtag couch coach. Jeff, 1.30 next Saturday. You better have that TV on. Let's be clear about that, Jeff. I know you're a longtime listener and appreciate your insight. I'm just telling you right now. Tune in. JT Lamoro, disappointing. Fumbles. Couldn't run the ball for some reason. Couldn't stop the run. Lost the line of scrimmage the whole game. Suspect offensive play calling. Not good. Clean up the mistakes and you can still have a special season. Go Cougs. Yes, you can still win double-digit games, folks. I actually still think right now my expectation is for BYU still to get 10 wins. Right now, plain and simple. I, I, I look at it right now. There is no reason for BYU, if they actually play more like they did through the first five games of this year, that they cannot win 10 games. BYU can go to USC and win. Utah proved that. USC is imminently winnable, and that would be the final game for a guy like Dante Williams, their interim head coach. Who knows what they're going to look like at that point. You should be able to beat Georgia Southern, who's also got an interim head coach. You're going to beat Idaho State. In my opinion, there are three wins. That gets you to eight, and then you just have to pick off a few more. I don't know. I, I still think double-digit wins is still on the table at this juncture. We'll see what happens. Uh, Stephen Carroll at one samurai sword. Undisciplined, unprepared, error-prone. Boise looked like an NFL rushing offense after averaging 70 yards a game. BYU could not get on track against a poor rushing defense. B- Boise owned the trenches. Dead on, Stephen. 
Boise came out here looking like the team who had everything to prove, and BYU felt like, eh, we're all out of bed and do our thing. And they got their butts kicked in the trenches. They really did. Uh, B-Day 311, another longtime listener. Boise had the juice. Hall needs to be able to run the R in the RPO. I would agree that running element for Jaron Hall is a key part of his game. There's no doubt about that. I, I just don't think he's 100%. They were not willing to risk him getting injured once again running the ball in this game. They hope they could get away with it. They got burned. They may have to open him up next week against Boy- Waco and in, in, in Waco, excuse me, against Baylor and hope that he stays healthy. I don't know. And then finally from B-Day 11, defense needs to help out in the time of possession game. Can't always be playing with the lead. I would agree with you on that. Nick Whiting at Nick, uh, Nick WH23 Zero and four takeaways. Make that zero and six if you include the turnover on downs. It does hurt, no doubt about it. And then the final two thoughts here uh, for BYU from our fans here. Jaden Priest, good teams lose games. This would be crushing if we had the, excuse me, this would be less crushing if we had a Big 12 tie-in to fight for. Well, good news for you, Jaden Priest, Jaden J. Priest. Just give BYU a couple of years. They'll be in the Big 12. And that may change a few things. I think there's a lot of BYU fans that do check out. And I hope you guys don't check out. But I also understand that when BYU loses a game, you immediately, like, as we mentioned earlier on, they could lose as many games as they want from here on out. We're still going to the same place bowl-wise. I get that. Well, things are going to change in the next couple of years because you can still have the Big 12 race to go for. And you're getting a little bit of a Big 12 preview next week when BYU takes on Baylor. Final word today goes to our friend Jimmy White at Spider underscore Ant 86. BYU's defense defense has the potential and the personnel to be really great, but they have to adjust sooner than the fourth quarter. Hall is a tremendous leader and an even better QB, but I want to see him go warp speed. Coach Satake is a blessing to this team, and we're lucky to have him. Jimmy, thank you for bringing some positivity into this, and I actually agree with you. I think the pieces are there for BYU still have a very good season. The defense, yes. Could they be better? Absolutely. Hall, he's a good leader. No doubt about that. He's a good QB when he's healthy as well. He's not 100%, but he battled through. He went out there and put his body on the line, folks, when he easily could have said, you know what, coach? I ain't feeling it today. Give me another week. He's an alpha. He went out there and played the game. So now attention turns to Baylor. And I'm going to rewatch this game, and I'm going to share my takeaways with you guys as soon as I am able to, hoping to have that out for you guys Sunday afternoon at some point. But whew, what a tough loss for BYU. Plain and simple, 26-17 the loss. The scoreline you beat Utah by, it felt like you played kind of the ASU game in reverse if you're BYU, shooting yourselves in the foot versus ASU, really killing themselves. And as such, the Cougars are 5-1, and one. we'll see where they land in the national rankings as well. They were 10. I'm guessing somewhere between 18 and 21 is where BYU lands after this loss. may seem like a little bit of a sharp drop for BYU, but... You lose to a team with a losing record. National pollsters, even if they didn't watch the game, are going to be looking at it saying, eh, that's not a very good loss for BYU, but we'll see how it all goes. We'll have that all covered for you guys on our next edition of the podcast, our Monday edition, as we call it. Usually comes out Sunday at some point. But nonetheless, thank you for joining us. Hope you guys are all having a great day whenever you might be listening to this or a great night. Maybe if it's a late night, you're listening to it as well. But thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now go check out Locked On Big 12. Make sure you stay up to date with everything going on there. And also make sure to follow this show on social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Love hearing from you guys. And email for the show, as always, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email 
email address. Until next time, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast, special postcast edition, as BYU drops their first game of the year, 26-17, to the Boise State Broncos. Talk to you soon.